side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello and welcome along to episode one, series three of Just Like in the Movies. Delighted to have Dave Coyne back in the hot seat. Nice to be back, thank you. And Lisa Tracy. Hello. And we've Kifa on sound and engineering and editing and producing and 15 other roles as well. Welcome along, Kifa. On this episode, we are looking ahead to Oscars 2019 and all the controversy that has followed in the last few months. And the movies we are reviewing are Vice and The Favourite. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Okay, let's kick off with our first movie review on the show. Vice starring the one and only Christian Bale, who's up for an Oscar nomination. The story of Dick Cheney, an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider, basically the guy who became vice president to George W. Bush. It's getting great reviews. We'll see if it's likewise this side of the table. First off, though, let's have a quick listen to a clip from Vice. Of course, as you all know, I am Scooter Libby, Dick's chief of staff. Uh, I'm also his national security advisor and a special advisor to the president. Technically, Scooter outranks any of Bush's people. Mary Madeline will serve as counselor to the VP and assistant to Bush. David Addington, Dick's main legal counsel, will play center field on all matters relating to executive power. There you go. That's the new movie from writer-director Adam McKay. As I said, Christian Bale is in it. He is up for an Oscar nomination. Amy Adams is in it. I think she's up for an Oscar nomination. She is indeed. Yeah. And we also have Steve Carell. But anyways, Adam McKay is up for Best Director. Mm-hmm. Which, which is a shock in itself. Cool. Interesting, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the first thing is that, you know, Adam McKay, you know, he directed the likes of uh, Talladega Nights, you know, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. So, uh, which is a personal favorite of mine because I love that kind of nonsense and I'm a motor freak. But, you know, to go from that to this is just unbelievable in terms of a stretch. And, you know, I was kind of curious to see how he would get on as a director from going from this slapstick comedy stuff to this heavy stuff. And um, my God, the man can direct. It's such a good film. Really well crafted. The pace, the casting is phenomenal. You know, love him or hate him, Christian Bale is you know, the Al Pacino and the Robert De Niro of the modern age, if you and ask Daniel me. And Daniel Day-Lewis. And Daniel Day-Lewis, but he's retiring. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, he put on like three stone for this movie. There's none of this, you know, cushions under the shirt stuff. He put on a ton of weight for this film. Uh, so have I, but I'm not in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he'll shred it off very soon. But, I mean, the mannerisms and, like, he is Dick Cheney in this film. And um, the conniving meticulous way that Dick Cheney manipulated his way into power. So he's the first vice president in history to essentially be the president because he had poor old George W. got duped into kind of going, okay, you can do whatever you want. I just want my vice. And he got one. And Dick Cheney gave us phrases like waterboarding and whatnot, which we never heard Mm -hmm. of before. And he came up with the whole concept of if the president does it, it's not illegal. Mm. So a very, very interesting character. Great acting, great filmmaking, and uh, it was a wonderful film. Absolutely. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, we agree on something. Yeah. Usually we don't, yeah. I know. Is that all you have to say? No, I've got lots more to say. (laughs) Did Adam McKay not do The Big Short? Is that not his other movie? Yes, but I mean, the tone of that was much different to this. This Do you think? I thought it was very similar. I thought the whole pacing and 
Well, I mean, talking the, to the camera the, the odd the, time, and yeah, but the Big Short was more of a, um, a scheme, whereas this is a character, just Dick Cheney. This mm. is real character revealing and uh, deep. My fir- my personal favorite moment in the film is when uh, there's a crossroads as to whether Dick Cheney will run for office or not, and um, it cuts to him in in his back garden with his wife and his kids and his golden retrievers and the credits start rolling and a voiceover says Dick Cheney never went back into public office and you know went on to breed championship uh, golden retrievers with his wife and the credits start rolling and you're like 15-20 minutes into the movie and you're laughing because you're like that's not what happened Mm. and you kind of get lulled into this little lovely lie and um, then it gets very serious and I mean the physicality of the role even the way he purses his lips. I mean, I know this is radio, but um, mm. we're being filmed today. So, you know, he kind of, you know, well, George, and he kind of, does, and it's fabulous. The mm. man is a chameleon. It's, uh, you know, and I heard him being interviewed on uh, radio and uh, instantly he's, all right, how's it going? You yeah. know, because he's English. People forget that he's an Englishman and he's Technically all, Welsh, all right. but you know, he's all, all right. <laughs> and he's all London, the way he speaks. It's like, oh, me and my mates, we're having a few beers. And then you see him as Dick Cheney and it's like, holy God, how good is this guy? Okay, so we agree that Kristen Bale is pretty good in the movie. Pretty uh, good. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Amazing. In the Amazing movie. is the word I would use, yeah. Oscar worthy. Yeah. Okay, but what about everyone else? Amy Adams, Sam Rockwell is up for an Amy Oscar. Amy Adams is very good. Love Sam Rockwell. He always delivers. Um, I think Steve Carell is brilliant. Yeah. So as the good straight cast. man again. Oh, amazing cast. I mean, Amy yeah. Adams, as you said, to hold her own against such a good actor as himself. And oh, and there's that scene where yeah. you do Macbeth or something, isn't it? Yes, there's a great scene oh, brilliant. where they're in bed and they're kind of, it's... Um, there's a voiceover saying there's going to be a, like a dramatic monologue yeah. uh, and this that would make this whole thing work or something. And then they go into like the Shakespearean. Yeah, there's a lovely motif where in real life, Dick Cheney got a heart transplant and they fakely, you know, they put in this character of the guy who gave him his heart, mm. who's narrating the movie. And then towards the end of the movie, he's jogging along. Spoiler alert, people. Mm -hmm. He's jogging along and he's the narrator and he gets hit by a car and it ends up... A black van. His heart goes into Dick Cheney (laughs) and Dick Cheney famously, uh, truly called it my new heart. He never said someone else's heart. He called it my new heart. And um, there's a scene, you know, this guy is doing the voiceover and he's talking about, you know, drama, as Sarah said. And uh, Dick Cheney and his wife are in bed. And they're, you know, they're reading their book and, you know, old married couple and they're talking in normal language. And then they just burst into this Shakespearean soliloquy. And it's fabulous. It's wonderful to watch. It's very good. Who the hell is Sarah? Did I say Sarah? Yeah, you did. Sorry. I've known you for 17 sorry, years sorry, old. Sorry, Lisa, sorry. And you call me Sarah. <laughs> sorry, Who sorry. the hell is Sarah? <laughs> I was wondering why you were giving a funny look. I thought you had interference <laughs> in your headphones or something. Anyway. Sorry, whoever the Sarah person is, obviously <laughs> on my mind. <laughs> And we have to say, Lisa, thank you so much as well for once you heard there was cameras today, <laughs> you made sure that you looked amazing. Oh, as well, well I try my best. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. You're very good. And you fell on the way as well. I did fall. Dramatic. So American politics, another movie about American politics, but a good movie, a good story of interest to an Irish audience. Of interest to any audience. An international audience would be very interested in this movie. Yeah, I mean, this this man, Dick Cheney, he changed the face of the world as we know mm-hmm. it. I mean, there's if a, Florida had <clears> gone <throat> the other way. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. another f- wonderful scene in this movie, which is just, I couldn't even paraphrase it. I'm pretty good at paraphrasing things where uh, Alfred Molina, who a lot of people would know as Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2, he has one scene in this movie and he steals it. It's He's brilliant. a waiter and it's a surreal scene where Dick Cheney and Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld and two other lawyer guys are sitting around a table and they're looking at the menu 
and Alfred Molina plays the, the waiter and he's like, well, we've got, you know, new torture, torture and, and we've got a new thing called waterboarding, mm -hmm. which is uh, simulates drowning. And he's kind of reading out these torturous, horrible things that they can do to retaliate after 9-11, almost as a, the specials of the restaurant. Mm. And they're kind of going, mm, that sounds good. I think I'll have one of those. And they're kind of cherry picking what they do. And they also had um, focus groups where they're like, so what are we going to do about, you know, 9-11? What, what action should we take? And they're like, well, we got to bomb somebody. Well, who? <laughs> who? Well, I don't know. We need know. a country. We need a country to bomb. And they go, okay, right. We need a country. Okay, right. And they literally kind of concocted. concocted this whole mm -hmm. thing about Iraq and the WMDs, as we all know, is all nonsense. Yeah. And they even got people like Tony Blair to buy into it and everything. Mm -hmm. And George W. with the mission accomplished. I mean, we all remember this. Mm -hmm. And um, completely fabricated nonsense. And I mean, the fact that he's not in jail is crime in itself. Mm -hmm. um, but a wonderful story and I couldn't recommend it enough. How do you think an American audience would react to this? Would they react There's going to be the liberals who are going to think it's great and yeah. then you're going to have the right who are going to think it's just poppycock. Because they even have that at the end of the movie where the guy's like, this feels like a liberal movie. What is this all about? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you're going to split people right down the middle as the whole world is now seems to be split down the middle mm. between the lefties and the righties. But it's, um, it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Out of five, Lisa? Four and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it four and a half as well. Yeah. Excellent. Solid there. nine. Yeah. <laughs> so a new movie from Adam McKay, Vice, out in cinemas at the moment and getting loads of Oscar nominations. Our next movie that we'll be talking about is The Favourite. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. But uh, first off, let's talk about the Oscars due to kick off February the 24th because former Academy Award Best Actress winners Charlize Theron and Brie Larson, former Golden Globe host Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are among the first batch of presenters to be announced for this year's Oscar ceremony. They will also be joined by J-Lo, Whoopi Goldberg, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans and loads more. Basically, the Oscar will not have a host this year for the first time in 30 years after Kevin Hart became embroiled in a controversy due to past homophobic tweets. But the good thing to come out of this is that the award ceremony will feature musical performances of all five original song nominees. So we'll get to hear Bradley and Lady Gaga mm -hmm. sing from Star is Born. Yay. So they're mixing it up a little bit this year, kind of like a Saturday Night Live scenario where you have loads of guests and rumoured that they might be doing kind of sketches stuff oh. like that but um, I don't know how to react to all this because I well, think it's terrible what happened with yeah Kevin I mean uh, the problem with the world today is that you know people are getting offended by something you did 25 years ago or even 10 years ago or even last year and they weren't even in the room um, I mean I grew up in the era of sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me now if, even if you talk about a stick people will keel over and have you arrested Inside I mean, hatred. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, he he's a comedian. He tweeted, I don't know, I didn't read any of his tweets. I, you know, I, tweets come from the birds, as far as I'm concerned, up in the trees. But, mm -hmm. you know, tweets from 10 years ago, probably before 10 years ago, people didn't realize the power of a tweet. Mm -hmm. And um, Donny T in the White House has put pay to that. Now he can tweet and the world, you know, would affect share prices and everything. But a comedian putting out a tweet 10 years ago, probably for humorous purposes, and then he loses the gig because somebody's offended he has apologized numerous times in the past mm. for yeah. those tweets I, I, and his statement is now is he, look 
Yeah, he's apologised. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I I think uh, his stock has risen from for me personally because he he's like enough. I apologised. It's mm. this is nonsense. Like yeah. how how often and how how many times you have to apologise for something you did ten years ago? Mm-hmm. Like uh, once a week, every thirty seconds in the show, every time there's an ad break in the in the Oscars, he has yeah. to atone for it. <laughs> I mean, where do you draw the line? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it would have been. I mean, he's a he's a great comedian. He's one of the most prolific actors on, on in the movies at the moment, and uh, he should be there. I mean, I'm sure if if before tweeting was around, I'm sure Billy Crystal has said a few things that were but questionable. But every, everybody you know? did. Everybody did because it was a different time. Yeah, everyone wasn't hypersensitive. I know there's like it's not really sensitivity that's really the main issue. It's what he said in the tweets. People yeah. aren't being oversensitive, maybe. But it was a different time. It was a different world. Modern thinking makes you think everything is bad that was old. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't, I don't know. It's just... Well, I mean, you know, the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. I mean, oh, remember that? Me I mean, come on. Like, you know, maybe this is just, you know, age that I'm just like, come on, lads. But, you know, when teenagers go, oh, I'm offended by this, that and the other, I'm like, listen, you know, you don't know how good you have it. I yeah. mean, you've got food and heat and internet and every movie that exists on the end of your fingertips there. We used to have to go to the video shop and pick <laughs> one out and pay money for it. And the video often wasn't there because someone else had that exactly. one copy. Yeah, mm. and now you have Netflix and the greatest generation of all who offended everybody. They went out and died in the battlefields of World War II for us. And, the, you know, Saving Private Ryan is almost a documentary and they're offended by this or offended by that. People went out and died to stop fascism and Nazism and what have you. And now people are getting offended by a piece of text on a on a not even on a page mm. you're not even going to get a paper cut from a tweet and people are offended and I personally am offended by all this offensive nonsense <laughs> yeah I, I think it's unfortunate I don't think the Oscars have been leading the way like you know like Cannes is for instance going back they're saying look the Oscars it isn't there isn't enough uh, African American people or black people being nominated there isn't a gender balance going on but they always seem to be kind of a year or two behind instead yeah. of leading the way and saying look yeah. yeah he made these comments 10 years ago he has apologized for them you know he's a great actor he's a great comedian why not give him the forum to go hi guys i say these two things and we're moving on yeah. on but, the forum and said that's it at the same it. time they're not apologizing themselves for the nonsense that was seth, seth MacFarlane a couple of years ago yeah i don't know whether you guys liked that episode no. of the oscars no but it was absolutely devastating it was so bad yeah i you agree know, that, i agree, that, I agree yeah. that we saw your boobs song was just mm. They were the lowest of the low. Yeah, I it was and, just and so embarrassing. Yeah, and then you have on the flip side, then you have the um, Hugh Jackman, <clears throat> which was you know he's a song and dance man, mm. and he did a fabulous job because mm. that's his breeding. His that's his shtick exactly. Mm. And Kevin Hart would have been a great you know kind of Billy Crystal comedy yeah. mm. taking the mick. He's a great comedic actor and he's got great comic presence and he's he's a stage performer at his heart. And uh, pardon the pun. And uh, he would have been um, he would have been great. And this nonsense raises its ugly head I mean you know he's not Roman Polanski for crying out loud mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like that's it. there's, there's yeah. levels of outrage yeah, in the world yeah. like Absolutely. you know okay so the 91st Oscars will be held in LA on February the 24th <laughs> yeah uh, and probably Monday morning for us yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we look forward to it and hopefully it'll be good because um, I think the Oscars owe it to us because I think they handled this whole situation quite poorly yeah mm-hmm. Okay, final review of episode one, The Favourite with Olivia Colman. I'm delighted that this film is going so well for her because I remember her all those years back in Peep Show and to think uh, the calibre of an actor that she is now in terms of like uh, 
how internationally renowned she is. Great cast, Emma Stone, Rachel Wise, directed by Greek director, who, of course, brought us The Lobster. See his name, Go on. (laughs) We're waiting. We're waiting. (laughs) This is why you're on the big books, boy. Earn your money. Yorgos Latimos. Close enough. That's yeah. not bad, yeah. Okay. yeah. We right. let you away with that, yeah. Dearest Queen, you are mad. Giving me a palace. It is a monstrous extravagance, Mrs. Molly. We are at war. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. The Queen is an extraordinary person. They were all staring, weren't they? I can tell even if I can't see. And I heard the word fat. Fat. And, and ugly. No one but me would dare, and I did not. She's been stalked by tragedy. Anyways, the favourite early 18th century (laughs) England. Frail Queen Anne occupies the throne, and her close friend Lady Sarah, played by Rachel Wise, governs the country in her steed. New servant Abigail, played by Emma Stone, arrives on the scene. Her charm endears her to Sarah. Like a contemporary take on an 18th century movie in terms of its style of filmmaking. Yeah, it's an eclectic take on... An 18th century style movie. I don't know. Rabbits. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Lisa didn't like the rabbits. No, I didn't like the rabbits at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was too too much. So t- tell uh, us, Lisa, what? tell us about what? this amazing Sorry, movie. I, I won't bitch too much, but great movie up until the very end. And I was just left flat at the very end. I was just like, seriously, that's the ending? It wasn't a dream where she gets out of a shower and... No, it was just, it was just like um. Not a montage, but like a, it was like the two... The crossfade between cross, the two, oh, yeah. Sorry, apologies for not getting the technical <laughs> words. Mm-hmm. A crossfade between we, we the We went two. to film school together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but some of us One of us paid attention, attention and the other one didn't. Was not. Anyway. Someone's looking at the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then it had all the rabbits and it was very creepy. And it just reminded me of the episode of Father Ted. That's all I could think of. Okay. Len Brennan with the rabbits nibbling at his cape in a lift in New York. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so very great, great performances from everyone in this film. I, I think everybody was on point for this film, except I think Emma Stone plays herself, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a bit mean, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, very good performances, but at the same time, I was just like, no. I, 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 I can't even begin to like give out about it because it's just, it still annoys me, the ending. Yeah, I think Lisa's not going to get over that ending at I'm all. I'm not. Uh, you go, go Dave. I, you I thought the ending fitted perfectly for me. Um, you know, I like a good me- visual metaphor myself and uh, I got it and metaphor, I Metaphor, Jim, what do you mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, one thing that I really found interesting about it is layer cake of best supporting actress and best actress. And I mean, in this film, there are three actresses all right there. The characters are right there. Pinnacle of the storyline. There's no real, she's lead. a supporting actor mm. and she's the lead actress. I mean, the three actresses in this. They each uh, get probably the same oh, amount of screen time. Th- yeah, they do. They get mm. equal amount of screen time, equal amount of character arc. I mean, the character arc on all of them is amazing. It's like a trigonometry lesson to so many arcs in this movie. And they intersect. The conflict between Rachel Weisz's character and Emma Stone is just it's right there with dangerous liaisons in terms of mm. you know vile kind of unspoken loathing and they're being totally civil in a room to mm. each other and yet dagger eyes wouldn't even do it justice and the the frailty of queen anne and her not just frailty in her physical uh mm. you know she's ill but you know her mind and her mood and these two women vying for her affections and control and power i mean you know 
five years ago or even three years ago, Hollywood was given out to about not having enough lead roles for women and all of a sudden they put three brilliant ones into one movie and mm. kind of condense it and it's so good. And it just shows that, um, you know, the likes of Wonder Woman where, you know, a lead female character of strength and depth it has such success and then they can do this with, you know, these three amazing women. It's great. And um, like Nicholas Holt is the only um, actor that I can remember in it. And he was he was he was very good in his role. He played the leader of the opposition, and you know a fop who was a bully and what have you. But in terms of character depth, he was nothing compared to the three women. So it was um, a strange kind of role reversal of the the women having all the power in the movie, not just the characters, the actresses, the screen time, the story arcs. And I thought it was brilliant, and I personally really enjoyed it. That final shot. We should mention Element Pictures as well, Irish. Production Indeed. company, distribution yep. company, they're behind it. Yeah. What I think is pretty cool is the budget. I'm all about the money. Mm-hmm. The budget was 15 million. And before, from my understanding, before the Oscar nominations were announced, it had already gotten something like 42 million wow. worldwide in a global box office. Oh, yeah. And I mean, cool. it's the money is on the screen. I mean, the costumes, the set design, and obviously three great lead actresses, as I'm going to call them lead actresses. And, um, the money is there and the script was excellent. The music was mm. really cool and cinematography was amazing. I mean, 15 million seems like a bargain, I'll be honest with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. 10 Oscar nominations as well. Yeah, it'll yeah. probably sweep the boards, I would say. I don't know if it's going to sweep the boards, but it's certainly mm. going to take a few home, I reckon. I know you didn't like the end scene, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Did you see Mary Queen of Scots? I surely did. So compared to... Uh, it's equally as blah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no it's just Mary Queen of Scots you expect Braveheart and you get Alice in Wonderland it's just it's alright right. yeah it's alright this is the one that Saoirse Ronan was going to get another Oscar nomination for but she didn't Saoirse like in her she didn't get it yeah oh well tough well, they're probably still learning how to pronounce her name in fairness so. <laughs> no they've pronounced it enough uh, yeah. too many times anyway go on so this didn't do it for you. No, the favorite was. Was um, it the style of filmmaking? No, I liked the I liked the style. It was just when you know when you when you want um, climax to a movie and it's ending in a way that I'm like, <laughs> eh, no, that's 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 no. So you have to actually watch it to actually know because I'm not going to spell out what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's a luscious film. I would say that about the film. It's it's like the set design, the costumes, as Dave said, the makeup, everything. This, like the story, the acting, it's very luscious. Um, I did enjoy that part of it, but it's just the ending with the with the the crossfade and the rabbits, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah. What ha- what happened to Rachel Weisz? So she was absconded to random place, and yeah. I I wonder. Do you know what? I was left <coughs> needing more. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. But that's a good Which thing, is, isn't it? Is sometimes a good thing yeah. if we're watching a soap. Maybe, and yeah. I get to see it again the next day. Well, if it's a satisfying uh, cliffhanger that it leaves you with, you can you can feel happy about it. But if it's, as Lisa said, if it leaves you frustrated, then mm. it's probably not a good thing. But I think, to, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of think that the director wanted to kind of convey the the mood of the two actors, the two characters in the final scene with the crossfade and the hopelessness of it and the, the actual where the power was in the end. That mm. was my reading to it. But I mean... I thought it was a fabulous film, but a couple of caveats. The um, cinematography was very good, mm. but I think there was an l- overuse of wide-angle lenses and a wide-angle lens, generally, you don't see camera movement with a wide-angle lens, as you know, Gar. Mm. And there's like there's whip pans with a wide-angle lens, fisheye, like uh, even things like um, a carriage moving through the forest and there's a whip pan, you know, and mm. it's a fisheye lens and you're like, oh, it's like 
too much. Does it, yeah, does not take you out of it. Yeah, it does a little yeah. bit, and and they use they do that a lot. There's a lot like people walking down corridors now. If you have restrictions in an old house that you're working in, it's not a studio, and I don't think it was a studio. Mm. Um, you know, you're restricted with space, so you have to have the fisheye lens. But mm. it's it like the person is six inches from the lens at the apex of the shot, and it's kind of distracting and distorting the visual image so you, it, you kind of go okay they're using a wide angle lens they're using a wide angle lens and it is a little bit of a breaking of the fourth wall for me but the rest of the film was just exquisite the music the costumes um, the there was a bit of humour in the film as well mm. and um, I have very to say very dark humour yeah very dark humour and um, you know if Olivia Coleman, I'd say most certainly would be a front runner for me mm. okay so out of five Lisa two and a half <sighs> Damn Sorry. those rabbits. Sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I really wanted to just make a stew. Ooh. Ooh, you're a scut. You're a scut. A <laughs> rabbit scut. Dave. I'm going to say four. It's a four star movie for me. Okay. I thought it was really well made. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. Just before we wrap up, let's get your predictions. Best picture, we got Roma, which is on Netflix at the moment. Black Panther, which kind of came out last year. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I think is also for 10 Oscar nominations. The favorite, Green Book, Stars Born, Vice. Any? My money is on Green Book. I haven't seen it yet, but I have a feeling. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, A Star is Born. Okay. Just because of the star power behind it. Okay, well, we, of course, we will be reviewing the Oscars after they've <coughs> aired on February the 24th. Tune in to us next week for episode two of Just Like in the Movies. One of the movies we'll be looking at is the Irish feature film, which is out in cinemas at the moment, and one at the Galway Film Flat called Cellar Door. And uh, we'll also be speaking to the director and the leading actor in that movie, too. Lisa Tracy, a.k.a. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Very funny. Hello, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. We'll talk to you next week.